Why Not Us podcast. Uh, this is my good friend, Mike McGowan. My name is Carter Kramer. Uh, we have an exciting day today. We have our very first guest. Yes, we do. And uh, so just want to welcome our good friend, Brian. Brian, I uh, would like to start out here uh, by saying thank you so much for being willing to do this. Um, you're doing this remotely. We appreciate your time. Just I know that's a little bit more difficult for us to kind of get everything set up. Took a little time today. So just appreciate your patience kind of going through this. Um, Brian, why don't you start out? Just give us a little bit of your background, your history, you know, where you come from and, and kind of how you got to this point in your life. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, you can you can start a lot of my background on a parallel in September of 1997 when I met the guy over your left shoulder. Oh, um, man. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> 25, 25 plus years. Yeah, and, and it's never been the same since. No, we, uh, we, we last moved into, into the counterintelligence field together, um, went to school together, shared a lot of adventures and misadventures together. And then uh, as life tends to happen, different duty stations, different paths, uh, but remained very close. Um, while, I, while I stayed on through the Marine Corps, I ended up leaving active duty in uh, 2007 after a, a variety of active duty tours in all the garden spots between 2001 and then. So I did, um, I did some time at Central Command, which meant Tampa, which also meant Qatar, which meant Kuwait, which meant Baghdad, Mosul, uh, a couple other places. Then I did some normal Marine deployments to Iraq, um, had a had a pretty unique opportunity to support the special operations community as a civilian so i left active duty moved to virginia beach did some really interesting stuff um and then did the one thing an intelligence officer is never supposed to do i fell in love got married <laughs> and um, and so since then i've been following my wife who's a diplomat we've been posted we we spent three years in bangkok uh, and then and then a few years in the states and now we're in east africa in, in ethiopia um, so throughout all of it, just kind of always stayed semi-connected to the, the guys I'd served with, you know, Mac and I have been, been great friends for a lot of years now, um, and, and trading big life moments. And, uh, when I came out here, it was at the tail end of, I had, I had realized the COVID-15 became closer to the COVID-35. So I kind of rededicated to, to fitness and, and, and trying new protocols and when I got out here I said you know what if I'm going to do something every day let's make it a cumulative challenge and if I'm going to do that let's throw it up on the internet and see if we can make some money for a good cause and just started researching and found um, first canines for warriors who, who who's what I'm doing the sandbag challenge for that we'll talk about uh, and then deeper looks I decided that wasn't enough I wanted to volunteer so I'm working with warrior wad warrior wod um and then just started throwing up videos of myself suffering on the internet. People seem to like, which, which, which I actually enjoy watching because watching him suffer is, I, you is probably, not a bad thing. You probably got to see some of that in person oh, in the time oh, you guys oh, have oh, known well, each we, other, we right? Yeah. It I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget September 1997, building 214 on D Street in Camp Lejeune. I walk in. He was. He had been. What have you been there? Two weeks. You were already there at the command. About that. I walk yeah, up in my alphas, just sweating my ass off, right? And he's on the. There, there's a beach volleyball court right next to the building, and he's out there playing volleyball. And a gentleman, the infamous Patrick Hogan, introduced us. Ah. Um, and we've been great friends ever since. 
his birthday is two days after mine. Oh, you know, really? Two, two yeah. Okay. Um, guy, I mean, he was in my wedding. I was best man in his wedding. Very like, cool. You know, he's godfather to Anna. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Very cool. Like we, there, it's a, it's a, it's a tight relationship. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Brian, I want to say thanks for your service. Uh, you know, that's important for me to, to thank you for your time and your service. So I appreciate that. And even more so, you know, your continued interest in, you know, this transition to civilian life and some of the things that you've been involved in. You know, Mike and I, that's really one of the things that Mike and I started to talk about a lot. You know, me not being a military guy myself, but having a lot of military family and folks, you know, good friends. You guys all know you, you were connected with a lot of people that are, are, you know, have been through different experiences. And I think it's interesting to talk about different perspectives and hear about some of the firsthand experience that guys like yourselves have had for someone like me that, that didn't go through that. Right. So um, I just appreciate you guys being willing to share some of that. I know, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And you guys are both have both uh, been involved and, and continue to be involved involved for a long period of time there's a lot that that goes into that that i think some people don't really truly understand or or maybe don't even want to understand and that's one of the reasons we want to do this right brian is to to get people talking about that bring it up to the forefront make sure that people understand like hey a lot of folks like yourselves have given a big big portion of their life uh, to service and to continuing to help other service members. And that is something that I think needs to be a more common, you know, a more common narrative than what we hear in our society today. So uh, I just want to say, I love, I love what you're doing. So tell us, you know, start out a little bit and just kind of tell us about, you know, kind of each one of these bits and parts and pieces, because I want to dig down into that. And one of the important things I want to kind of hear from you, Brian, is, you know, what can guys like me sitting here, guys like Mike here, you know, how, do, how do we get involved and how can we help? Yeah, sure. So um, th this all evolved again, just from a desire to kind of get back into something resembling shape. And uh, one of the things that I did to start out when we were back in the States was I ran a few obstacle races, uh, Spartan races. Sure. And, uh, and then I started looking at how do you train for those? Because the first one I ran absolutely crushed me in, in ways I had not been crushed in a very long time. Um, and, and when something like that happens, I, I go, well, okay, Good. Now, I, now I've identified a weakness. Let's attack this. So I downloaded all these training. This is how you train for the longer Spartan races and everything. One of the things that I do is I went online um, and bought a, a sandbag, basically a green canvas duffel bag you fill with sand. And I was doing stuff with that. And then when we moved over here, I emptied it out because when you move, you get charged by weight. So it was a duffel bag instead of a bag full of sand. And then I got here thinking, I'll just get more sand. Um, it turns out Oddly enough, in East Africa, sand is hard to get Wild. easily and cheaply. You can't just go down to the road. You know, you can't go down to Lowe's or Home, and Home Depot and get some, some landscaping sand. You got to find there has to be a project and you have to basically take away from the project stock. So I, the, the amount of effort that went into that, I said, let's make this worthwhile and use this thing more than twice a month. Um, and I came up with the idea that I would do a mile a day. Yep. Um, just on the billing and carrying a thing. And I said, okay, let's make it a cumulative challenge and backdate it to the birthday of the Marine Corps, 10 November. And it's the yep. 248th birthday. So I counted backwards 248 days and started on March 7th or whatever it was. And now, so then the goal was 248 miles in 248 days. Um, because I like pain, I added 10 flights of stairs, 10 floors <laughs> to that each day. So I'm going to 248 and 2480. Um, to, to all sick. finish on November. You're sick, bro. You're sick, man. You ever watch him drink? If you ever watch him drink Irish whiskey, you know he's you know, <laughs> he likes suffering. And then it was, if I'm going to do this, let let's really explore it. Let's see if I can get some people to pledge, you know, a, a dollar a mile or whatever. And and found the cause, and I found canines. 
Um, but then just exploring doing hard things got me to thinking about how do you get through hard stuff? Uh, and so I started, instead of just filming myself suffering, I started talking to the, to my phone while I suffered, exploring that and just kind of the core concept. And that's how I came up with go one more step is like, how many times in our life have you been looking at just the enormity of a problem and it's so big, you can't figure out how you're going to get out of it. You're in a hole so damn deep or looking at a mountain so high, whatever the metaphor you want, you can't do it. But if you just put your head down and start walking. Yeah. You can do anything for one step. You can, you can, you can withstand anything for 10 seconds at a time. You can get through the next day. Um, and so that sparked up. I just said, well, let's talk to people who have done hard things. And I started a podcast and I wanted it to be diverse. So I've had 10 guests so far. Only two were veterans. Um, sure. I've had actors. I've, I, I had a, a woman who was a single mom and went through kind of a rough divorce and the after divorce effects with the child in the middle. I had a gay black pastor who gave a really fantastic talk. He's also an edu educator. Uh, my cousin who's a football coach talking about that. And what I found and what I'm continuing to find is while you may not share the exact experiences Mike and I did, you've dealt with hard stuff in your life and you've been very open and vulnerable about it in this podcast, which in your podcast, which I appreciate because that's the first step Yeah, is just sharing it because I've had 10 people share their stories and I've found 10 threads that are all very much the same about human beings getting through difficulty. Yes. And when you it is see awesome. that and start to see, Hey, these veterans are going through different circumstances, but the same problems the same core problems i am and vice versa it makes it makes it easier for us to talk about it makes it easier to hear and it makes it less alien it we're not dealing with veteran stuff we're dealing with human stuff absolutely get that people get more willing to listen and when people are more willing to listen we're more willing to talk absolutely man i think i think all of us sorry go i'll, I'll let you go after this i I think the interesting thing to me is that I know when I went through some really difficult times in my life, and I mean, I still go through crazy stuff, right? I mean, there's, there's challenges that you just don't see coming in, in life and in, in, in a whole as a whole. But I think it's crazy that I, as I went through that, I felt really isolated. I always thought I was the only one, right? I was the only one. I'm the only one going through this and nobody understands. And I, I got to kind of realize the same thing. And when Mike brought up the one more step thing to me, Brian, it's one of the things I loved about it was like, love the concept because knowing that number one, I'm not alone. There's somebody out yeah. there that's been through a traumatic experience or difficult experience that is going to be willing to help me is a huge, was, was a huge thing for me. And then all of a sudden, like you said, understanding that I'm looking at this giant, huge, overwhelming problem or issue in my life, understanding that I got to start with step one. And, and, and if I don't, if I can't take that first step, man, I can't make progress. And, and I have to simplify it. I had to simplify it down to that to even be able to comprehend kind of what was next, but go ahead, Mike, what were you going to yeah, say? No, I, and I was just going to say, I mean, you guys can go to the website. It's go one more step.com on Instagram. Just look up at go one more step on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash, you know, at go one more step. So you guys can look up his platform, check out the podcast, check out the suffering videos. I enjoy watching suffering yeah. on, on Instagram, but Brian, I want to, I want to turn it right. It's, it's a great foundation. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about veterans primarily today, right? Yep. And, that, and that's a lot of what you're doing, you know, veteran awareness, what have you. Um, what are some of the most prevalent issues that are facing veterans today? Like, what are you seeing as you work in and around that, that, that environment? Yeah. So, um, today it's, it's interesting because in, in 2023, 
we're now 22 years past the first shots being fired in what what ended up being a multi-decade war um, in, on, on multiple fronts. Mm-hmm. So there are people who have spent their entire military career in the reality of post 9-11. Sure. And then also there are people who have spent an entire career having left war and now 10, 15 years down the line. Once we drew down in Iraq and then once once we pulled out of Afghanistan, what we're seeing is a lot of guys feel forgotten. And, and guys is, is, is wrong. A lot of veterans feel forgotten. Um, and for every headline that is close to home and, and all of the controversies going on today that are, that are so home centric, um, you know, every August is rough for a lot of veterans because of the fall of Kabul. Um, and that's just the most recent one. So there, there's a lot of out of sight, out of mind, and a lot of um, and a perceived lack of acknowledgement that this problem doesn't go away. This, this, these memories, this fundamental change to me as a human being doesn't go away, even though you as a, as a person, we as a country have very largely moved on. So there's a, there's a sense I get anyhow of a little bit of abandonment, um, definitely isolation, and just kind of being the the forgotten ones and and uh, and Carter, I I get from you that it was legitimate. The the thank you for the service happens less and less often, um, and when it does, it's perfunctory and it feels automatic. It's it's like saying Amen when somebody says a prayer and you're not really thinking. Um, so that tends to exacerbate already existing problems, whether it be post traumatic stress, whether it be financial issues, whether it be substance abuse, whatever it is, whatever those root causes are, the, the, the fact that we're now years from active combat tends to exacerbate that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things um, that, that people come out of, of the service with. I mean, it, it, take, take, the, take the non-combat folks. Right. Like that transition is still difficult. What kind of sure. what kind of education training is there? There's what, what do we have? What, what did we have a week, you know, to, to out process? What do they call it? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, what, tap. And, and I'm, tap. Hearing, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing that has been improved um, somewhat. And, and it's still very location and, and down to like who's giving the class. Like I remember mine, the guy was completely checked out. No, he, yeah. he was he was getting his beer money for the month by being there that week and sort of talking. He didn't really give a whole yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of problems with, you know, navigating the VA, right? The bureaucracy that is government, right? Like, I mean. It's a government arm, right? It's red tape. And plus all the the scandals and this, that, and the other and the the abandonment, right? Um, You know, you know, the unwillingness to self-report, even if you could figure out the VA, right? Like how many of us, Brian, how many of us, when something went wrong, we just said, ah, rub some dirt on it or I'll be fine. Right. right. Yeah. That transitions in as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch of that stuff, right. Missing, missing I, the camaraderie. Yeah. Right. Like missing the togetherness and, and doing things as a unit, as a team. Yeah. That goes away as well. I, I think the big thing for me, man, that you brought up, that I think a lot of people don't talk about is the financial aspect. 
you know, I, here I am, you know, I, I dropped out of college, man, at a really young age and I started working in the real world and I was able to build some wealth in my life at a young age, you know, just by kind of learning through the school of hard knocks and going through and working for guys that were very capable, very intelligent guys that taught me a ton of stuff. I mean, that's, that's been my education. And some of my good friends that were, you know, spent lengthy amount of time in the military come out like, dude, how are you able to make this money? You know, how are you able to gain this financial stability for your family? Not understanding, like, dude, I had a 15 year head start. You know, that's, that, that's a really simple part of it that I think people forget that, that there's not that same opportunity to build that type of financial stability when you're, when you're in the service and you're, you're active in active right. duty. Right. Um, and that's a big, big hurdle, man, because that's a long period of time uh, to, you know, the, we talk about this a lot, you know, the, it's the one step at a time thing, man, little niblets add up to be a pretty large amount over a 15, 20 year period. And people forget that there's a gap there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the other thing, and and this is one that I see across every every walk of life that I've spoken to, but it really hits hard with with guys that get out. And and like one interesting statistic I saw, and I, and all of the numbers are in dispute. Uh, you'll see twenty two a day a lot. There are a lot of there are a lot of veteran service organizations that have that have really nailed down on the number twenty two uh, because there was a VA report that said twenty two veterans on average committed suicide a day. That number we think now is low because the VA was only reporting clear, 100% obvious suicide, like gun, note, done and done. What it wasn't counting was what if the guy chugged a bottle of Jack Daniels and wrapped his car around a tree? Was right. that accidental? Was that intoxicated driving or was the bottle to give him the courage to go off if he didn't leave a note? Um, Self-harm and putting people putting yourself in danger going too far. Is that suicide? Wasn't an accident. Like if there's no note, they don't know. So they don't count it as suicide. Sure. Um, but another thing that I saw that, that really kind of struck me, the majority of veteran suicides are non-combat vets. Wow. Which That's I, surprising. I saw, I, we, we talked about this before and I saw that I was, I was very surprised. So, so what do you guys, I mean, both of you guys, well, how, what do you guys attribute that to? My best guess is and 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 again this is because i've talked to everyone from veterans to a single mom to to struggling actors when something happens that shakes the core of your self-definition that's incredibly traumatic and a lot of people join the military and the core of their definition and and uh, you know gary Sinise, god bless him the you know his foundation is doing amazing things with amazing amounts of money um but the Lieutenant Dan experience changed him, but that Lieutenant Dan thing where my destiny is to go and fight for my country. And then for whatever reason, they don't go or they go and they sit on a base and nothing happens and they come back. And now they're questioning that very fundamental aspect of themselves. And, and we use, you know, when we were on, when we were in uniform, we weren't afraid to use a lot of these words without irony. For some reason that, that fades. Am I a warrior? Have I lived honorably? Have I fulfilled my purpose? Those kind of questions lead down some very dark paths. Sure. Um, so, so guys do a few years, they don't get over there or they get over there and not a lot happens or they don't end up in a combat specialty. And they're, they whether they're made to or they internalize it, they feel less than and they feel like they haven't fulfilled their purpose. And that just that that little scratch on a wound that never heals when you dump alcohol into it, when you dump financial problems into it, whatever, then that's a bleed out event. 
Yeah, wow, that's uh, it's interesting. You know, and and the 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 actual numbers I have, um, and yeah, I know that twenty two gets thrown around the VFW, DAV, like the, and the VA, they all throw out that twenty two number. But I, I agree with you. I think it's higher. Uh, the unadjusted suicide rate for veterans was twenty three point three per hundred thousand in two thousand one, and it jumped to thirty one point seven per hundred thousand in twenty twenty. Wow. For non non veterans, so for civilians, the suicide rate is twelve point six. Per hundred thousand, two thousand one, sixteen point one, per hundred thousand in twenty twenty. So it's the, the veteran suicide rate is double. Yeah, it's that's double. incredible. And that's that's the actual. And I hate to say it this way, but that's the actual um, suicide rate. It's not the attempts. The attempts are much higher, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So so the, the attempt the attempt ratio is much higher. Um, so it's it's it, it's unbelievable. It's a huge problem. It's a, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, you guys, I think for myself, um, again, one of the things that's come up in my discussion a lot with, with more combat veterans, and I think is something that's really hard for people to talk about just based on how it's come up in conversation with me and the time that's come up in conversation with me, there usually has been like alcohol involved or somebody gets, you know, whether they're just kind of open up or willing to open up. Um, I, I think I'm an easy guy to talk to Brian. So I think, you know, I, I'm kind of somebody that I, 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 dude, I'll listen. Right. Cause I've been, I've been through traumatic stuff myself and I've made a lot of stupid mistakes in my life. I'm not in a position to judge anybody. And I think that that's something that allows people to open up a little bit. But one of the things that has come to me with combat veterans is like survivor's remorse, right? It's like being in combat with people going, why, why him? Why, why not me? You know, why was it my best friend? Why not? And that's something I think is really hard to talk about. And I'm going to make a really weird analogy, Brian, just to see what your thought is on this. But I went through a really, really deep state of depression after I sold my business and here I am, man, sitting in this position where I'm, somebody hands me this wad of cash and it changes my entire life and it changes my family's life. And I felt like a complete moron if I were to bring up something to say, I, I don't feel good about this, you know, or I'm depressed. You know, other people are looking at me going, dude, you're the luckiest person on the planet. And, and I kind of relate that to the survivor's remorsing. It's like if you bring it up people take it as being ungrateful. And it's like, no, dude, this is a traumatic, weird event that not everybody experiences in their life. But it's looked at as like a, a, a taboo discussion, right? And I think that's really unfortunate because, you know, I think any of these traumatic events, Brian, one of the most important things is understanding what, what do we actually have control over? And you talked about this with the intent, right? It's like, if your intentions are good and you're making the right decisions for the right reasons, people got to stop beating themselves up over the items that they can't control or they didn't have any control over. Right. Like that's not for us to determine, but I think that's a really hard line to draw with people in some of these discussions. Do you agree? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And there's um, with, with just about anybody on the planet, there's a little bit of main character syndrome where we all think we're the main character in the movie of the world. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we're all very unique and, and we're the only ones going through this. And um, and frankly, I think and, and I'll be the first to say I am very often I do very often fall victim to this. I think a lot more people fall victim to imposter syndrome than are willing to admit it publicly. I think a lot of people find themselves in positions they feel wildly unqualified for or undeserving of. And that can mess with them because if you've got a moral compass that says you got this by some means other than hard work and dedication, any luck, any nepotism, any anything that makes you not deserve it in your mind can turn that grape sour. Ah. So that's an aspect of it. The other thing, and, and you keep talking about willingness to talk about it. And like, this is something that I get. And at the same time, mystifies me, especially in the veteran community, first responders, like, like action biased 
organizations. Here's a secret about the military. Every time you see a movie where there's a lone hero, like a lone veteran taking on an army by himself, it's utter crap. <laughs> right. You can barely tie your shoes without at least a teammate. Snipers, the ultimate lone warriors, operate in pairs. Yep. The military, like we are built to be codependent and part of a team. Yes. So so that one that exacerbates problems when you feel isolated and alone, you don't have your team, you don't have your your unit. So that exacerbates it. But the other and then on the flip side of that, suddenly we think we have to handle these problems alone. And it's bizarre because the same people are on both sides of this coin, right? So I'm having a problem and I think I don't want to burden you with it. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to be the dead weight that slows this team down, whether the team is a unit, whether the team did the three of us on this podcast, I don't want to be the burden. Conversely, if during the break, either one of you says, Hey, Brian, can you help me? I'm having a tough time with something. I will be overjoyed because there is nothing better than when, Somebody you love, somebody you work with, a team member gives you the opportunity to help. The same person that is like doing mental and emotional backflips for joy when asked for help doesn't ask for help. Yes. Yeah. So true. Don't see that disconnect in ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the only way to break through it is to be the be is to go first. Yeah. Hey, man, can you help? Yeah. Yes. I want to keep it. I want to keep it moving. There's more stuff we want to cover. Um, you know, there's a homelessness crisis in, in, in the country as it is. Um, there's a number, though, that's just stuck out to me. In, uh, in 2019, uh, it was estimated to be 630,000 homeless people in the United States. Again, I think that number is probably a little bit low. Sure. But 15% um, of them are veterans. Wow. Right. Wow. And 15% of the population are not veterans. Just FYI. Oh like if yeah. You, if, absolutely. You want, if you want to cut that, cut that ratio. Yeah. That's almost a skewed statistic in itself. Right. right? Yeah. Right. So, so Brian, what, what's behind that? Um, you, you know, what, what have you seen or what, how, how, how have you worked with, with that aspect? Um, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot. I haven't worked with a lot of homeless. So all of, all of my hypotheses are based on personal observation and very little data. Um, I strongly suspect that the VA protocol for treating mental illness helps with this, helps in the wrong way, because the VA protocol for treating mental illness comes in pill form. Sure. Yeah. So you end up with substance abuse problems, yeah. which exacerbate financial problems, which exacerbate isolation, which, which cause family and friends to pull away, which leaves them further alone, further in debt, can't pay the bills, you're on the street. Um, and then you run out of money, you don't have an address, you can't get the pills, and you descend further. Um, another factor is what we just talked about, the unwillingness to say, hey, can you give a brother a hand? Can, can I couch surf? Um, and, and homelessness is one of those things, whether you're a veteran or not, that becomes a self-perpetuating problem. Because you, you see, a, you see a, a legitimately homeless person, you say, well, you tell them, like, hey, man, get a job and, and start digging yourself out of this. Well, okay. To get most jobs, I've got to have some form of ID and an address. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think your I think your response about the pill solution, Brian, I think that spreads across the entire healthcare yeah, industry as well, agreed. right? I mean, just as a as a whole, it's like, hey, just take this, and oh, by the way, it's going to do this, so take this too. And I think there's a lack of understanding too what some of these prescriptions are doing in conjunction with one another and how they're truly affecting people. It, it's unfortunate that it's become more about pushing the drugs than it has been about having some of the conversations and truly understanding patients, right? Yeah. The other thing, very frankly, is pride's a dangerous thing. And there are a lot of veterans that, that will be teetering on that edge and will be too proud to register and ask for government help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, it's an, that's an overwhelming, that's kind of an overwhelming process too. From being evicted, I qualify for this program, but I don't want to do it because I'm not a guy that lives off the government teeth. Yep. You know, so what I mean, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's the worst of the worst suicide, right, or, or it's homelessness, or, or if it's just veterans that are having everyday, you know, issues, anxiety, depression, what have you, you know, um, he asked it at the very onset of this, uh, of this conversation, what can, what can ordinary folks like Carter and I do to help? Um, I mean, what, what, what can we, what can we get involved with? I mean, I have some websites I want to throw out to the, to the audience, the audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, in your words and in your opinion, you know, what, what do guys like us do to make a difference? There's a ton of things we can do. Uh, and I'll lump myself in with you, with you. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton we can do everything from be both sides of the coin model vulnerability. If you see somebody veteran or not, that might be going through it. Give them a fist bump when they do something out of their comfort zone. Give them a fist bump when they make a when they get a small win. Flip the coin. Go, hey man, I'm going through it today. Can, can I can I throw can I talk at you for a minute? Break the ice first. Model the vulnerability. Make it okay to say I'm not okay. That's on a personal level. Um, we've got the list of organizations. Find one that you like that resonates with you. And give them two lattes a month. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing. Yep. Right. Yeah. Bucks a month. Find one of the smaller ones. And and here I'm here I'm gonna be a little bit bloodthirsty. Gary Sinise, Sinise Wounded Warrior, um, all, these really big ones who have multi-millions of dollars, they're doing okay. The the ten dollar a month level, find a small local or organization. Just about any any state has its own. Yeah. Most cities have multiples there. Find one local that resonates with you and give them the equivalent of two lattes a month. If you can find it, give them 10, give them a couple hours a month. Absolutely. Whether that's mucking out the, the stalls at a canine place, whether that's manning a phone, whether that's pushing some paper, if you're if you're good at that, if you have a skill set in anything in life, one of these organizations can use those skills, even if it's a little bit. Um, and then listen, listen and pay attention, listen, pay attention, look for opportunities to do little things. Those little things just add up so much, especially if you keep the focus local. If you try to beat Gary Sinise, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you see one person veteran or not, who's having a rough month, now I'll be a little bit of a geek. Let's do the Marvel timeline. They're having a bad day. They're on a path that they might not know it that has a lot of detours, but at the end of that path is suicide. It could be a month. It could be five years. They go into the gym and they're out of shape and they're struggling and some muscle bound bro laughs at them 
and they get discouraged and they walk out of the gym. Their fitness keeps dropping. Their mental state keeps dropping. Somewhere in the future, they hit that end. Conversely, they're in the gym. You see somebody, they're out of their, out of their com comfort zone doing something hard. Hey, man, good for you. Hey, can I help? Now you put them on a different timeline. And they might not ever know you saved their life. That's awesome. You might yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, man, we talk a lot about kind of the butterfly effect, right? That 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 yeah. one tiny little fork in the road and, and the difference in how our positive attitudes. I think for for me, that's been one of the important things, you know, in my life is I know for myself to be available. I have to be in a good state of mind myself. You know, it's like I need to be following through with some of my own physical health, some of my own mental health, you know, my spirituality, some of those things. If I start falling off that path, man, unfortunately, I, I, I become selfish and I become a person that's not available to somebody that may need me or reach out. And I've seen that happen in my life. And I've explained that to Mike before. I think one of the reasons Mike and I really hit it off, Brian, is we we shared some some of our difficulties in life pretty early on in our yeah, friendship. Yeah. And, it, and just like you said, man, it opened up this this feeling of like, Hey, this person gets it, dude. Yeah. We haven't been down the same path, but the path that we've been down has been, you know, has had its own twists and turns and ups and downs and all those crazy things. And just being, having somebody there, like you said, to listen is such a big deal, such yeah. a big deal. So I'm glad that you said that. I think we've got to take a quick break. Yeah. Um, I, I was go just going to, I was just going to list them off uh, before, yeah, before, Brian, before we that. let you go. Uh, we're just going to walk through them. I mean, you're wearing the you're wearing some of the gear right now, right? We got Canine for Warriors. Um, we got Warrior WOD. Um, there's Semper Fi and America's Fund, the Fisher House Foundation, Homes for Our Troops, Tunnels for Towers, which I contribute to. I, I like that one a lot. Yep. Wounded Warriors Family Support. Uh, Hope for the Warriors Mission 22 Honor Foundation, and of course, as previously mentioned, the Gary Sinise Foundation. Um, during the the break, we're gonna we're gonna list these websites, and it'll be an, it'll be an extra long kind of filmed break, so that all of these websites will be on the screen, so you guys out there can take them down, pause the video, do what you have to do to to look those up. And uh, Brian, man, hey buddy, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate this. This was great. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, any, any chance to get this out, um, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I love watching you guys. It's a ton of fun. So <laughs> I'm very much honored to, to be the first guest. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's Go One More Step on Instagram, the website, goonemorestep.com, and on YouTube slash at Go, go One More Step. Brian, thank you for everything, buddy. I love you, brother. And, thanks, uh, guys. Love you, back. Yes, appreciate what you're doing, Brian. Keep up the good work, man. We'll talk again. Right. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. My thanks, best brother. Chris. <laughs> All right, quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, we will. He's all, he's he's awesome. Yeah, that dude's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Decides to look 
Brian being willing to come on and, and talk a little bit about what he's doing currently, what he has done. Um, I have no idea how the guy stayed friends with you for that long. <laughs> I was going to say, see, people, people can stand me for longer than a yeah, few months. I mean, I can't put the guy on too high of a pedestal knowing that you, he's been a contact here for that period of time. But, um, no, no, I, I mean, honestly, man, uh, this, this ties in so much with why we started this discussion in the first place. Correct. Um, and, and, you know, Brian being across the the planet you know being willing to hop on and do this it's a weird time for him like just really super thankful that he was willing to do it and talk about it and, and how passionate he is about what it is that he's that he's doing yeah fantastic yeah it's awesome tell me about i and I, this is just kind of a random question that popped in during the break but you know out of those things that he talked about man what what kind of hit home the most to you you know what was what was something that brian talked about that you kind of went oh yeah that's something i, that- I think it's the I, I you know and i i mentioned it kind of early on in the uh, in the conversation but it's the self-reporting thing 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, people in general just don't like to bitch. Yeah. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's my issue. I'll take care of it. Right. 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 Um, you've got guys who have literal, like, physical maladies, right? And they, yeah. they just figure, you know what? It'll heal. Yeah. It doesn't. No. Right. No. And, then, and then, and then surpass that and go to the, to the mental aspect of it. It doesn't, that shit doesn't pass. Yeah. Yeah. I think the asking for help thing, man, is a, is a spiraling effect it to is. you, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a situation where hard nosed people like, dude, I got this. I don't need to ask for help. But That's then right. all of a sudden the, the, the hole gets a little deeper, you know, then it's harder to ask for help. And that, that cycle kind of continues right into a, a dangerous place, whether that be homelessness, whether that be suicide, God forbid. Yeah. Um, you know, that to me, man, is something that, you know, dude, it's okay to ask for help. I, I've talked about this on other podcasts in my own situation. You know, it's like, dude, when I was really struggling with, you know, drugs, alcohol, I mean, I, dude, I've had period stretches with gambling. I mean, you name yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I would not have been able to get out of some of those situations had I not looked around and had a support system and said, dude, I need help. And, and I, I think it's important of Brian saying there's a lot of people that want to help. There are. It's a natural response. I think that, but dude, if people don't ask, it, it's really hard sometimes to truly understand, you know, that somebody really needs that yeah, help. Right. You, you know, you know, what's really interesting is there's a, um, uh, there's a group, an online group for uh, so so Brian mentioned and I've mentioned yeah. before counterintelligence guys. Yep. There's a there's an online group that there's 700 plus members of, right? You, you got to okay. remember the Marine Corps is small, right? 160 to 180 thousand, depending on the time frame, depending on whether we're in conflict or not. Sure. And there's typically a hundred, maybe less. CI guys at any given time. Okay. Right? So okay. a minuscule percentage of the larger, the larger force, which is a minuscule percentage of the army or the, the Navy military or yeah, as a whole. Right. Yeah. So, um, there's this, there's this, there's this online group and it's really funny because there are guys that'll get on there and you can tell something's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you see like a, Hey man, I just want to reach out and say, Hey everyone, I love you guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, there's probably a little something like maybe it just is. Maybe it's just one of those days. Sure. Right. That, that the guy woke up and felt grateful or he's halfway through a bottle and he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because sorry, it's OK, man. This is why we're doing this. Right. This is what it's about. Because the guys will come back and they'll be like, hey, like, what's, going on? what's up? Yeah. But he wouldn't do that outside of that group. Absolutely, right? It's so, hard, man. So have those conversations, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. Again, man, I think that it's so important to remember that anybody who's gone through some... I believe this, right? And, and this is my own This is my own position. We, we look around at certain traumatic situations that people go through and go like, oh, it's awful. Nobody should have yeah, to go through yeah, that, yeah. right? However, I think it's important to remember that if you've been through a situation that other people haven't been through, first of all, you're not alone. And second of all, how can you use that traumatic experience to help somebody, help somebody bro? Else, right? Because people know that, like, dude, I can't, I can't talk to you about certain things that you've been through because I, I, I haven't had that experience, right? Well, and it's, it's different coming from... The, the same applies, though. The absolutely. Same, the same, the same and and you're applies. always willing to listen, which right, has been a huge right. deal for me yeah. in our friendship, and right. I appreciate that so much. But again, I think it's different, Mike, when, when people have that level of comfort of knowing that, dude, this yeah. guy has, understands my, understands what I've been through. Yep. And sometimes I think the only way you can start that 
as someone who, who, if you want to listen, if you want to be there, I think sometimes the only, the only way you can start that is by going first. Like, yeah, he, Brian he, he nailed it. it. He so nailed it. Dude. By going first. Absolutely. Right? He nailed and it. So and that's you, hard to do sometimes. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. You, you, but you open up that door. Yeah. And like, like our conversations, right? Yeah. I, I, I was thinking as you were talking, it's like, um, uh, you know, similar but different. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Because same kind of you know similar similar kind of traumas slash experiences, but different, very different experiences, what have you. Right. But starting those conversations are what matters, and and I think you know what, you asked the question when we started that conversation with Brian, like what what can we do? What, what yeah. can guys like us do? I asked the question again at the end, and and I, I love the fact that he said lump me in with you guys because it's true, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, supporting good causes. Volunteering, yes. you know, uh, a solid, honest conversation, yep. right? And like, being vulnerable, exactly. right? O- o- like you said, opening up your own, you know, yeah. your own yeah. skeleton closet yeah. and, and saying, dude, I, I think, again, man, we all, we live in this world today, man, with social media and all these things, right? Where we all, myself included, you know, there's a perception that I give through social media of what my life is and, and how it looks. And dude, it's not real. No, no. And there's so many traumatic events or awful situations or bad decisions that I've made. Oh, yeah. or so many things that are, that are part of my life that you don't see on the forefront. Does that mean that it's not real or that other people haven't gone through right. that? No, right. it doesn't, man. Right. It's just, we, we've this, this smoking mirror of how great everybody's life is that's been yeah. created through social media, I think has made it even more difficult yeah. for people to reach out to each other and say, dude, I need help. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny too is, I mean, I, I don't know how many installations are near here. I don't know how many bases are near here. Yeah, there's um, a couple, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, but I know there's a few, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting too because that, that suicide awareness or that suicide problem that we have, it, it's, it spans across active duty as well. Yeah. Like, you know, back in December, what was it? It was, I think it was December. Yeah, it was December Mm -hmm. where my good friend who I play golf with quite a bit, um, you know, Casey, his, his fraternity brother in in college was a, he had just taken, he became the SEAL commander of SEAL team one out in, out in California. Yeah. In Coronado. And, uh, and he took his own life. Yeah. His his kid who was at college on the East coast was on a plane coming home for Christmas. Mm. I, I mean, it's heartbreaking. So man. so it's so it's 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 not just the guys that get out and are five years, ten years down the road. It's the guys that are living it every day as well. It's a great the point. pressure, the anxiety, the, tre- the the depression. It's all of that. So you know, having those conversations are important. We started this podcast talking about let's have more conversations, and we're going to keep doing that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, and, and thank you everyone for the support in that. Um, truly, thank you. I mean, because it's working, right? Yeah, people I think are so, starting yeah. to have conversations. We get great messages. Yeah, it's been great. But when it comes to the military aspect of things, it's not just the vets; it's the active duty people too. We have to be there for them. Yeah, and we have to be there for each other, regardless civilian, military. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's the overriding kind of uh, you know motto of this podcast is just be there for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a this is a this is an easy target of a topic because you've sure. got firsthand experience, sure. and obviously, people like Brian, you've got a great network of people that have firsthand experience. So, so yeah, this is an easy target, but dude, it spans everyone. Right. And uh, you know, I still, Mike, I'm so thankful to hear somebody like Brian come in and just, you can just tell the guy's passion, right? He doesn't have to go bust his ass every day, man, to try to bring some awareness. And I think that, that what you just said brings up a really good point to me, to be honest with you, I've never really thought about, which is we talk a lot about the transition from, you know, military life to civilian life, but that transition needs to start before people are, yeah. are exiting. Yeah. Right. It, it, there it should be, be that, there should be an be ongoing yeah. opportunity for these guys to have resources, to have help at their fingertips, to understand. And, and that's, I think that's missing. 
agree. And it's and it's missing on both ends, right? The, the active duty portion and the post active duty portion of of transition. Yeah. There's just the resources there do not match up with the well, need. The, the resources aren't there, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk in, in another podcast here soon about school about funding and 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 resources for schools. Well, yeah. When you look at the military, where where does the money go? Yeah. It goes to it goes to weaponry. It goes I was to machinery. Say submarines, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. It, it, Sorry, not like the one that went that went down to look at the Titanic. But, but, These but, are different subs. But, but, but it goes to it, you know it goes to jets, right? And it, yeah. it it doesn't go to transitioning people out. It doesn't go to right. their mental health while in. It doesn't typically go to the VA. Yeah. Right. Like those budgetary line items are a lot less than you would you would expect. Yeah. And I mean, there was that scandal with the with the Phoenix VA several yep. years ago where people yep. were dying while they were waiting, right? Like because there's not enough staff. Yeah. Right. And and you know I I, I I so I'm technically a disabled veteran. I could go to the VA. I don't because I have private insurance and what have you. But there's people that. Want, that need to go. Absolutely. And when they go, they can't get seen, or it takes forever. I was going to say the hoops to jump through, it man, and the red forever. tape, right? And that's and that's so common with so many government driven. So, so you entities. you would you would think. So what I have done is whenever I've moved around since I've gotten out, I go to the local VA. Yep. And I register. Yep. Like I just say, hey, yep, I'm you're here. On the list. I'm yeah. here. Just FYI. Yep. Right. And you would think that you walk in with your social security number, and they would be able to pull up your records. <laughs> Yeah, you would think, right? No, it's insane. It's 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 okay. We'll get back to you. You get a letter six weeks later saying that they were they were having trouble finding you. So could you either call or come back in? You it's know, a huge to, problem, to provide man. this. And, 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 and dude, in these situations, and, and, Mike, and, the and, I'm not, is, and I'm not looking for care. I'm just looking to register. Right. Dude, and, the it, timing, and it takes six months. The timing for some of these guys, and this is an important thing to say. That's why you need to do it, right? It's like maybe you don't need it right away. Correct. But knowing that there's so much red tape and knowing that this is a process, I think guys, unfortunately, wait. Guys and gals, I shouldn't say guys, but, you know, people wait. And I'll, when I need it, I'll go take care yeah, of it. Dude, yeah. if you're going to wait six weeks, that might be too late. Yeah, you're done. And, and, and yeah. we can't, we got to, so anyway, I appreciate you bringing that up too, because yeah. that's, you know, that's why we have to be proactive. But, we do. Um, all right, man, I think we're kind of like, at, we're running short on time. So no, I love it, man. I love I, it. I thought this was great, man. I, and again, I want to say thank you to Brian. Um, and we're going to, again, put those websites yeah. up. We'll on, put the on, websites up. And remember, his is, his is go one more step. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to the yep. podcast and you're not watching, Hop on the, the Idle Time Productions YouTube channel. You'll be able to pull up the video there. You, and you, know, what, you, see, know, what you know what I'll do, do is I'll, uh, I'll post it. I'll post all these websites. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we can put Instagram, them in the comments or something. Facebook, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just post them out there as a, as a kind of a recap of, of this episode. Yeah, and, and you know what? Brian put it in perspective for me, man, when he said two lattes. Yeah. Two yeah. lattes, man. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not – and again, we're talking about – getting people together and this is the only way the two latte situation works yeah, right it's, yeah. it's it's it can't just be you and i going to two lattes a month to try to help out a, a cause right it's yeah. got to be a lot of people being willing to give up a small portion of what they've been given to try to understand that there's people out there that need that assistance that don't have those resources available yeah so, yeah agreed yeah yeah so thank you everybody for for watching this episode yeah. another good one i think i think it's great. Hey, you know what we should do we should fist bump for every vet who's trying today yeah. everybody who's helping a vet today and everybody who's helping someone else today i love it man i love it thank Thank you you. thank you everybody for watching we'll see you next time it has to start somewhere it has to start sometime what better place than here what better time than now Ah!